Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. As the government pushes for a return to the office, we look into how much say workers have on where they work. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. Go back to the office or risk being fired. The government's tough new messaging revealed in Friday's Telegraph. It's part of a major drive by the Prime Minister to get Britain back to work. And you're unlikely to miss it. The government will soon unveil a publicity campaign to promote a return to the workplace. It comes as business leaders warn of the economic damage being done as people stay at home, with footfall in city centres collapsing to just 17% of pre-lockdown levels. The drive will highlight the benefits of mixing with colleagues reassure employees that workplaces are safe and help them to avoid crowded trains and buses. And to push the point further, ministers have sent out the message that bosses at struggling firms will find it easier to sack people they never see than colleagues who've been at their desks during the pandemic. Well, two thirds of Britain still aren't commuting further than their own kitchen tables. But as the UK confirms its highest number of cases since mid-June, with over 1,500 recorded on Thursday, how much of a say do bosses really have on whether their employees show up or buckle down at home? Well, to discuss the rights of employers, employees and the government, I spoke to Melanie Morton. She's a senior associate and solicitor specialising in employment law at the firm Nelson's. Melanie, this government messaging of go back to the office or risk being fired. Now, the government isn't saying that people would be fired directly because they're staying at home, but they're saying that it could be easier for bosses to prioritise those who have made the effort to come in. If an employee feels that they've been fired based on their decision to work from home, Is that legitimate grounds for appeal? I think this really comes down to whether or not the employer is going to allow home working on an ongoing basis because they see the benefits in continuing that themselves. Um, In a situation where an employer permits some degree of home working moving forward, they're not likely, in my view, to target those who decide to take that option. That is different to a situation where employees are being difficult about returning to work for non-legitimate reasons. In that situation, one could see how they might become a bit of an easy target or be accused of not being committed to the company or seen as a team player. But notwithstanding that, if employers are going to make redundancies, you know, in the usual way, they would need to follow a fair procedure and adopt a fair selection process. Using home working as a preference, as a selection criteria in itself and scoring someone down on that basis wouldn't be fair or objective 
in my view. And of course, if somebody's dismissed on that basis, usually they'd have an internal right to appeal. And if that wasn't successful, they might choose to ask an employment tribunal to look at that. Have you seen an uptake in people seeking advice on this? Um, it's really interesting. Yes, the from the employers uh, we have, um, not so much yet from the employees, because I think uh, the majority of people uh, haven't been asked to return yet. We, we have seen a lot of it and we are seeing mm. an increase in people sort of moving back, but there's still a huge amount of people who are still at home waiting for their employer's next move. Um, and I do anticipate in the next few weeks and coming months, yes, there, there will be increase in, in, in questions surrounding this topic for sure. I suspect you're not wrong there. Now, there are going to be some people who feel perfectly safe going back to the office, maybe even looking forward to it. They've been working from home not as effectively or their their home environment isn't conducive to an eight-hour day. And indeed, ministers have been sent out across the airwaves on Friday morning to tell us that offices are COVID secure, notably Grant Shapps, Transport Minister on LBC. It is now um, safe to start returning. Uh, That's what we're encouraging people to do because Although you can do an awful lot of things by via video, Zoom yeah. and all the rest of it, there are limitations to that and there, there'll be times when that's not appropriate. But there will be other people, perhaps people who feel more vulnerable to the risks of the virus, who still feel that they can't go back to work at all. Is concern about your health, is that enough of a reason to disobey an employer who does demand a return to the office? I think most employers, hopefully, will communicate with their staff and address any concerns that people have got about health issues um, and that those issues need to be raised and addressed on an individual basis. Those who've been shielding or are vulnerable, have got existing illnesses, may well have very legitimate concerns and anxieties about the practicalities of returning. Employers need to acknowledge that and work with those staff to assure them about the safety of their return. It's quite a broad issue because it encompasses not just the physically being in the office and around people, but obviously it um, concerns about public transport and actually getting to the workplace. If an employer is not supportive or is unable to demonstrate that they've carried out the necessary risk assessments or made the adjustments to the workplace in line with the government guidance, and an employee has genuine health and safety concerns regarding that and has raised them and has had no luck in getting them resolved, a refusal to return to work in those specific circumstances might be reasonable. And do you envisage that employees would have to provide proof that they are, say, more vulnerable to the virus or that their word would be enough? That's a really interesting question. Uh, I think some people might not take very kindly to to having, you know, for being asked asked for proof. Um, But but I think in some circumstances, you know, is an employer reasonable in asking for it? If they've got no prior knowledge of an employee's illness, um, and this isn't something that's been raised before, and it's come as a surprise to the employer, then they might be reasonable in, in requesting that. I mean, if someone's extremely vulnerable, but they can continue to work at home practically and they're not strictly needed in the office. A demand for them to return could be unreasonable, could amount to what we call a breach of trust and confidence. Um, I think allowing home working as well to continue might might amount to what we call under discrimination or a reasonable adjustment where an employee's condition amounts to a disability. So employers need to think carefully about dismissing that outright. At the same time, If the workplace has been made as safe as possible and there's a pressing need for that employee to attend, then they are advised to do their best to attend. What about those strange people with whom I have very little in common who think that they just work better from home? I've even had friends in that situation say to me that they do go out at lunchtime and get their pret sandwich and that they are spending, albeit not necessarily in a city centre. What about the people who do just want to stay at home? Can they refuse? 
well, I think homeworking like mask wearing is proving to be a very divisive topic. Absolutely. Some people have really benefited. They like the flexibility. They like not commuting. It's more time with the family. They've found it peaceful. It's more conducive to work. Others have felt very lonely. Don't like that the lines between home and work have become blurred. They miss their colleagues. They're ready for a break in the monotony of the situation. So I think lots of employees are considering whether or not they might be able to permit homeworking in some capacity moving forward, because the employers have been reported benefits too. There's no obligation for employers to terminate their leases and stay at home, but lots of them are. Um, and I think it really comes down to the type of business. Not all companies want their staff working at home in the long term. Businesses have got objectives and plans. Um, and whilst many people have coped very well during lockdown working at home and might prefer it, having staff remain at home might not be what's best for the business. All employees with 26 weeks continuous uh, service have got the right to make a flexible working request. And that could include a request for home working. The flexible working requests are often made by those returning from family related leave. Um, but the reasons for requesting a variation to your working pattern or location don't have to be childcare related. It could be a simple is that you found yourself more productive at home. You you like, uh, you feel the benefit of no commute. You work more productively and you'd like to do that for a proportion of your week. It's then for the employer to decide whether they can accommodate that request. And there are eight statutory reasons an employer can rely on when refusing a request if actually the request to stay at home, you know, isn't going to suit their business needs. You mentioned another reason there why working from home has been quite so divisive. For those with children, it's either been a godsend. Uh, obviously, schools have been shut. They would have had no other options of, of what to do with young ones. For some people, that's obviously been a real challenge, uh, juggling working with the childcare. Schools in England are, of course, planning to reopen from next week. Uh, we hope for everyone's sake that that goes smoothly. But if it doesn't, and if parents do find themselves without childcare, is that enough to insist that they stay at home. I have heard people argue that that would disproportionately affect women if they were forced to go back into the workplace, um, because we know that statistically the childcare does fall more heavily on women. Does discrimination law concur with that, Melanie? Oh, I think that's potentially right. I mean, you know, we know statistically that women do more childcare or have more childcare responsibilities than men and that restrictions and uh, specific issues with, with working times and, and locations might um, adversely affect them more. Many working parents have benefited from the ability to work from home during this time. And if they're able to continue to do so in the face of childcare issues, again, an employer should consider whether it's appropriate to press those staff to return. Um, of course, for many roles, employers will not be able to permit home working forever as we try and crawl out of this difficult period. Uh, for as long as the furlough scheme is available, you know, that remains an option to assist those eligible working parents. But if an employee doesn't qualify for furlough and they're still reporting difficulties with childcare, they should obviously speak to their employer about, about that and try to reach an agreement that could involve reducing their hours, taking some holiday or even taking unpaid parental leave. It, I think until we see these issues sort of played out and see the way that these um, you know, that, that these requests from men and women are treated, it's difficult to say whether or not it's, you know, we're looking at discrimination necessarily, um, but certainly employers are advised to try and help those people who are suffering childcare difficulties try and come to some sort of resolution. The rest of the coronavirus latest news. 
Restrictions on mixing between different households in parts of Lancashire will be lifted next Wednesday. Public health officials have confirmed that the rules will be relaxed in Burnley and Hindburn. The stricter measures will remain in place for at least another week in Preston and parts of Pendle, forbidding visits to other people's homes and gardens. The northwest of England had the highest coronavirus mortality rate for the month of July, but figures for all regions decreased since the previous month. There were 2.8 deaths involving COVID-19 per 100,000 people for the northwest, down from 9.2 in June, when it was also the region with the highest rate. According to the Office for National Statistics, the southwest of England had the lowest rate again, with 0.3 deaths per 100,000 people, down from 2.1 in June. In London, London, the rate was 1.2 for July, down from 3.1 in June. The figures take into account the age of the population and count all deaths where COVID-19 was mentioned on the death certificate. As always, if you'd like to read more on any of those stories, you'll find links to full write-ups in the show notes to this episode. And don't forget, if you're not already a Telegraph subscriber, and I can't think why not, now is the time to sign up. You can save over 50% on your Telegraph subscription until the end of August in our summer sale, making it just £1 a week. You'll find that offer at telegraph.co.uk slash audio. I'll be back after the bank holiday weekend. If you find this podcast helpful, please do leave it a five-star rating and a short review on on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me know that I'm making audio that you enjoy listening to. If you'd like to get in touch, email me. The address is coronaviruspodcast at telegraph.co.uk. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.